Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Let's carry on here with Romans 1.13. The Apostle Paul continues by saying, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to visit you, but I was prevented until now. I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit just as I have seen among other Gentiles. What are Gentiles? They are non-Jews. See, he had been called to the non-Jews, and that was a revolutionary idea because back in the day, the Jews only believed. They said, God is only for us. We have a relationship with him. Everybody else is pagans. But God had always given hints in Scripture, big hints, that he was going to be a light to the Gentiles. That's most of us in here unless you have Jewish blood. You're non-Jew. But let me get into this tonight. God now sees the whole world after Jesus came and died and rose again and shed his precious, perfect life and eternity-saving blood and eternally-saving blood as well. God only sees two types of people now. Do you know what they are? Believers and unbelievers. That's it. There's no more. He's not worried about Jew and Gentile. Say, man, why was he so concerned about the Jews before? Well, one of the biggest reasons he had to bring the Savior through the Jews. He had to keep some purity there so he could bring God in the flesh, himself in the form of Jesus through the Jews. But now he just sees believers and non-believers. He doesn't see male and female that way like we do. He doesn't see colors the way we do. Did you know there's one race? We all got different colors and we got cultures in here and we're very diverse. But did you know God only sees one race and that's the human race? And he only sees believers and unbelievers. That, that is powerful. Boy, I'm telling you right now, you want to you bring justice for wrongdoing on the planet? Help people to see the light of Jesus and get saved. Because then they start loving each other. Did you know I can't legislate love? You know, there's certain things we've had to do in America because of discrimination over colors. You've had to. You had to do things like affirmative action and different things. You just had to. But the problem with it is it's imperfect because people start swinging the other way. So God's great love is this, is you lead people to Jesus and show them to the Savior, and they start. They want to treat everybody as equals because they love people. Isn't that powerful? So remember that, that God sees Believers and unbelievers, all right? And look at this. He always wants spiritual fruit in your life. We talked about this briefly last week. What's, you can start spiritual fruit with uh, Galatians chapter 5, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering, all these great things. But what's other spiritual fruit? How about leading people to Jesus? That's spiritual fruit. How about growing in the faith, not being stuck? Did you know as a believer you're not called to be stuck? You ever seen a pond before? Ponds can get really gross real quick. Why? Why why do ponds get gross? They're stagnant water. It's just sitting there. They may have an inlet, you know, like the Dead Sea, but there's no outlet. That's why the Dead Sea is dead. There's a river flowing into it, but there's nothing that flows out of it. They say, well, there's great minerals in there. Yeah, I've been in the Dead Sea, though, and there's all these warnings. The signs posted around the Dead Sea are... Do not swallow the water. You may have to be taken to the hospital. My wife's like, I'm not getting in there. I'm like, I got to get in there. Yeah, see, I know, sis. Yeah. Hold your mouth closed. You should have seen the look Elizabeth gave me. She's like, oh, it smells weird. But then, ladies, they get all those amazing products out of the Dead Sea, huh? The Dead Sea salt. I believe in Latin it's Maris Sol. 
just so just for your education just crazy and you're buoyant you go in there man and it really it lifts your backside up you go to lay down and go boom it's just you're so buoyant because it's full of salt it's really hard to sink in the dead sea but there's no outlet it smells weird some places it smells rotten some of it smells like rotten eggs so i had to get in there <laughs> bless god you know had to get in the dead sea Sis, you've said, man, I, you know, water, I don't know about floating. Oh, no, you would float in the Dead Sea. It's, it's pretty gross. And, and our tour guide over and over said, please do not swallow the water. We will, have to, we will have to take you in an ambulance, and we're out in the middle of the desert out of here. Jen's like, I'm not getting in there. There's no outlet. You don't want to be stagnant like a pond. Stagnation is when you have no spiritual fruit. You guys have heard the stories over the years, right? I've talked bad about our mulberry tree at our former house for years. Those of you that know me and know part of our story, that thing is so fruitful, praise God. But man, it's annoying it's so fruitful. I had to talk to a guy yesterday. He was doing door-to-door tree trimming and stuff. And I said, man, you need to get rid of this mulberry tree for me. Because look how fruitful it is. Look at this. I don't know how old that tree is, but man, we cut off branches. We did all this stuff. You remember how rainy it was last summer? This will preach, man. It grew all kinds of branches and leaves last summer anyway, and it was balder than me. Bald. It was just big stubs of branches, still about nah, some points taller maybe. Maybe at some point 10 feet tall, but all chopped off because that's what we could do. You remember, Eric? We had a great old time with that, right? Well, now, now it's trying to give mulberries this year, again, ready to put a stick of dynamite in that thing. But hey, it's fruitful, though. It's fruitful. In dealing with my younger brother, I've learned this. I'm excited that I have to calm him down sometimes. I never have to hype him up. Are y'all listening? I'm talking about spiritual fruit here. That people have, I have to hype, hype them up. Say, man, come on, man, you can serve. You can, you can love God. I can't want it more than people, though. Man, dealing with someone like my brother, and some of you, and some of you on the live stream probably, I, don't, I have to calm you down. I'd rather have to calm you down. Hey, settle down a little bit. Okay, we will, but let's calm down. But that's good. I, I see that as spiritual fruit when people are zealous for the things of God. And sometimes, you guys know how it is, sometimes in our zeal for God and bearing fruit, we're just kind of, we're kind of lacking wisdom sometimes. But, man, that's okay. God can use that, man. God can prune you. Man, we pruned that tree, I'm telling you, and it came back with a vengeance. Now I told, it's so fruitful that I said, bro, you got to cut this thing off all the way to the ground or it's going to come back. I'm going to be waking up at night dreaming about mulberries. When we had dogs, bless their hearts, they're in heaven now. But when we had dogs, Izzy, the little red-headed dog, she, would, she was like Pac-Woman. She'd go through the yard and eat the mulberries. You remember? She's eating mulberries. And birds liked them. And it's just, it was a mess. But hey, it was a fruitful tree. God has called us to be fruitful. Say, what are the benefits of fruit? Well, you're producing something. You are a good example when you produce fruit. And that is one of the things, one of the many things that is on us as believers. And that may come up this Sunday. Spoiler alert. That may come up this Sunday. It's on us to be examples. It is. You never want, this is part of my testimony, you never want someone to show up to you and go, you're a Christian? Man, you've been, you've been cussing and using God's name in vain and drinking with us and, and getting demonic tattoos. 
I didn't know you were Christian. Oh, yeah, I'm going to, well, no. Actions speak louder than words. Scripture itself says this. It says, be not a hearer of the word only, but a doer. Be a doer of the word. That's spiritual fruit, being a doer of the word. Let's go on to the next verse, if you would, please. The Apostle Paul goes on to say, For I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world. Back in the day, civilized world was places with roads and armies and different places. There's always uncivilized places. They're just underdeveloped. We call, it, we call them developing now, developing nations. He's basically saying, I have a great sense of obligation to everybody, to the educated and uneducated alike. Why? What, what's the ob- So he says, so I'm eager to come to you in Rome, too, to preach the good news. He feels an obligation to share the word with everyone. Is there anyone in here? You don't have to raise your hand. Is there anyone in here that works with someone who really needs to hear about the word? It's time that you bear fruit in that area by sharing your faith. You say, man, I don't know how to. How about, hey, look at this. How about this? Is there anything I can pray with you about? What night was it and who was I with? We went to a Stripes over here. Was it a couple years ago? Went to a Stripes, and I don't know how wise it was. These girls were crazy, though. Two young girls, and they were full of zeal. I don't know how much wisdom they had once again, but they were at the Stripes over here. And y'all know at night, some parts of Hobbs, it gets hood quick. The sun sets, and everybody comes out, man. It was, get, it was getting dark one night. We were at the Stripes. I don't remember who I was with. And these two young ladies were walking around Stripes, inside and outside. I saw them talking to some hood people, man. And they were asking them, can I pray with you about something? I stopped, and I think my jaw dropped. I went, and I just stood there and watched them. They were talking to some dude. I don't even know if he was coherent or he was on some. They said, can we pray for you? Can we pray for you about anything? And they went in right past us and, and started praying for the clerks and the stripes. I said, man, these girls are crazy. But it was pretty amazing to watch. Talk about spiritual fruit. Can we pray for you about anything? Can we pray? Can we agree with you about something? Man, I don't know, but hey, may that be recorded in heaven and history forever, in eternity, that these two girls were shameless about the gospel. They were not, look at this, look at the Apostle Paul. He says, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. You cannot be ashamed about it. Jesus says in one of the gospels, he says, if you're ashamed of me, what's the rest of that? Then what? I'll be ashamed of you when I'm in front of my father. Can you imagine you go to stand before God and, and God's like, man, I'm embarrassed of you, man. You were embarrassed about me. Mm-mm. The Apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is why? It's the power of God at work. One translation says it's the power of God unto salvation. This translation says saving everyone who believes. It's the power of God at work. And it saves everyone who believes. You mean to tell me, Pastor Matt, that no matter what someone's background is, if they believe they can be saved? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. There's one guy that I can remember right now, and I saw him recently in church. He told me one time, God cannot forgive me. And to me, that is just ill to even hear that. He's, he doesn't think God is big enough to forgive him for whatever he's done. God can't. The truth is, he can't forgive himself. God can forgive him. He can't forgive himself. 
some things that happened in the past. I don't remember all the details. I don't want to give you even the details I know just out of respect for him. But I'm going to tell you right now, God can save anyone. If he saved you, if he saved me, he can save anyone. And I love testimonies. I love sharing my testimony that God has keeping power. I got saved at a young age, and I never really went into the world. I was rebellious. I ran, I ran from the calling of God. I was like, man, Lord, Dad's right. Maybe I can just make a bunch of money and tithe a lot. Everyone who's called to be a pastor especially, I feel like they run. <laughs> it's crazy. But God kept me. And others have told me, man, your testimony, it's amazing. And I'm like, your testimony's amazing. What God rescued you from. He kept me, but now he rescued you, and now he's keeping you. And man, you came. Man, some people's stories, I'm going, that happened to you? Wow, God is big. He brought you out of that. He was big enough to rescue you, and he was big enough to keep me. Wow. Everybody's families are different. But God is big and he's overall. You know what the psalmist said? He said, come with me and magnify the Lord. Does that mean God's not big anyway? No, he's big, but he's saying, let's talk big about him. Because we can't all see him at all times. Let's talk big about him. Let's magnify him. Let's talk him up. Let's make him famous. Did you know that your good deeds bring credit to God? Scripture says, be not weary in well-doing. Don't, don't get tired of doing good because in due season you will reap a harvest if you don't faint. Another verse in Proverbs said, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. That's wisdom, isn't it? You faint when times are tough, then you're weak. Get up, man. Do some reps and stand up and take a deep breath. Let's go again. Come on, man. And don't be ashamed of the gospel because God is touching people. The best way you can preach the gospel is by loving, forgiving people, being an example. That's the best way. But you can also share your faith. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. The Jew first. See, Paul's making a point here. The Jew first and also the Gentile. Now God says, everybody needs to be saved, man. Here, this is for everybody. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. Wow, that is really good news. That's called righteousness. Someone say righteousness. It means being right with God. Did you know when you have a revelation of the fact that you are right with God by the blood of Jesus because of your faith that you've placed in God? When you know that you're right with God, then you can live right, talk right, act right, and walk right. Walk right. When you know you're right with God, you can act right. That's what's called holiness. This good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. This is accomplished from start to finish. Someone say start to finish. By faith. Yeah, you're dealing with the Alpha and the Omega here, according to the book of Revelation. He is the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Alpha and Omega are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. He is the A to Z and everything in between. It's accomplished from start to finish. How? By luck. By, mm, I don't know, you know, like the Muslims believe, I'll do my best and maybe Allah will let me into heaven or he'll send me to hell. Nope. Thank God you believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who according to the New Testament, through the blood of Jesus, promises eternal life. If you believe, it's guaranteed. There's no other thing on the planet that even comes close to that. You say, well, I can act right and just hope. Nope. Mm -mm. You act right because you love God and you live right. And he says, you're going you're gonna to be in heaven one day with me. Like our friend Dave Martin. He's in heaven today with my mom and everybody else that you've lost and that is in heaven. Oh, man, it's, it's a, great, a great reunion. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. Someone say by faith. As the scriptures say, it is what? Through faith. 
that a righteous person has life. Other references and other translations say, the just shall live by faith. When you're right with God, you say, man, everything I have is by faith. Everything. Everything. Everything is by faith. But, oh, it's about to get good. See if y'all want to come back next week. No, I know y'all, I know y'all will. Live stream, you got to check in with us next week. It's going to be good, but we're going to get into it a little bit right now. God shows his anger. He says, man, you can be right with God through faith, but, someone say but, mm, but God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. What is suppress the truth? It means they try to ignore the truth. They crush it. They push it down. They step on it. Say, I'm going to live like the devil, man. And they're trying to put a stop to truth by the way they live. Here's one of the lies that the enemy paints, is you can have your best life now just by doing drugs and alcohol. That's a big lie. Oh, no. Man, here's another way people are wicked. It's that, man, you can really be fulfilled and satisfied by sleeping around with lots of people. Mm -mm, That ain't it. We know that ain't it. God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Another lie from the world. Man, you make enough money, you won't even need God. I've heard people say stupid stuff. Man, he's richer than God. (laughs) No, he's not, fool. Don't get me going. Scripture says he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is his footstool. Those of you that have footstools, you set your foot on it, man. It's a fixture. It's extra. You don't even need it, but you just rest your foot on it. Man, Scripture says the earth is his footstool. The glory is his. The beasts of the field, they're all his. He said the silver and gold is mine. These are different references. He owns it all. I can prove it to you. I've buried lots of people here as a pastor. Even people that their family didn't attend here. I remember I had, I, we had a, a rental property. I had some partners and years ago, and uh, their, their brother died, and I did the funeral here. They're like, you're a minister, aren't you, Matt? I said, yeah. So they, they did that here, and uh, I did the, the funeral ceremony and the memorial here, and I remember thinking, man, nobody takes anything with them. You got socks on, you, they, they go to the grave. The Cadillac, it stays here. The car, it stays here. You can't, you can't take anything with you. You might as well live a life that is pleasing to God now. You take your good works with you. You take your faith with you. You take your love of God with you, and you stand before God one day, and he says, well done. Now the good stuff begins. Look at this. This is talking about wicked people. Look at this. This is, an, this is a unique verse. It says they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. So people lie all the time, say, oh, no, there's no God. No, no. It says, they, it says people know the truth about God because God made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see His invisible what? Qualities. His eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Let's stop there. You can study DNA and see the fingerprint of God. That's impossible if that happened by accident. My DNA actually said that one day I was going to be bald-headed and I was going to have these very unique colored eyes. Interesting. That I was going to have a predisposition to be lean and I was going to be this certain height and I would react this certain way to different medicines. We all have DNA and it is the written code of God. It is the signature of God in your life. 
It's undeniable. Did you know people have studied DNA? People that cursed God, people that didn't believe in Him, people that were atheists, people that questioned His existence, those are agnostics. And they studied DNA and said, man, there has to be a God. There has to be. This is incredible. Can you imagine this just happened? Men grow beards and women are attractive to men and they're beautiful and they grow their hair a different way and women have softer skin and all these things that just happen by accident and they can't explain it away. They can't. They try to. They'll get mad at you. But it's all because people just want to sin. If there's no God, then they can live however the devil they want to live. Oh, but you talk about sin, man, you offend people. Some of them say, sin? Who are you to... Who are you to say, my God wouldn't, your God wouldn't what? You need to read about God and know who your God is. This is the real God. His eternal power and divine nature. Let's go back. Let's go back a verse. I want to read this again. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. Scripture is talking about people who have rejected God and walking in absolute blatant sin and wickedness. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see His invisible what? Qualities, His eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Wow! They're without excuse. We're, we're going to stop there tonight. Does anyone have any questions? You know, I'm, I'm going to pick on you a little bit, but you, you can always ask me questions immediately following service too, okay? For those of my shy people in here. Y'all can ask me questions immediately following, I promise. You know you have access to me as your pastor. No questions? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. We stopped, um, where did we stop? Verse 27? Oh, 21, 21. Wait, mm -hmm. okay, no, 20, okay, 20 and then into 21. Okay, very good, very good, thank you. I want you to pray this prayer with me. For those that are listening today, say, man, Pastor Matt, it's a Wednesday night. It's just, it's just believers in here. I know. But this is a powerful prayer. If anyone else gets a hold of this audio one day or they stumble across this on Facebook Live or YouTube or SoundCloud or somewhere and they don't know Jesus, we want to give them an opportunity to get to know God. So everybody in the house, please repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. Apart from you, I'm dead. Say, apart from you, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me, Lord. Say, cleanse me. Say, I realize my need for a Savior. And you're the only way to heaven. Say, Jesus, you're my Lord, my Savior, and my Redeemer. And say, thank you for your forgiveness. Say, I believe you died and rose again for me. Cleanse me, Lord. Come into my life. Change me, which is the most amazing proof of your existence. The power of a changed life. Change me, Lord. I believe. Help me. In Jesus' name. Now I'm going to speak a blessing over you. Father, I thank you for your people tonight who have listened so attentively, who love your word, who love you, who love being in fellowship and communion and worship with other believers, Lord. Touch their lives, their hearts. Work, work out any 
incongruencies in their lives, things that don't quite equal to your word. Do the same for me, God. I boldly say that, God, you are doing something new in me. Scripture says, behold, he will do a new thing. It's not old, it's not stagnant, it's not that old, stale, nasty pond. We have an inlet and we have an outlet. We receive the word, we give the word. We receive the word, we bear fruit. We receive the water of the word and we're cleansed and we share our faith. God, I thank you tonight for your people in this house and on the live stream because they love you and you're doing an amazing work in their lives. Thank you because we are the light of the world because of who lives in us and that's Jesus. In Jesus' name, 